Chapter 5 Casey woke when Cordelia and Coventina got up for their pre-dawn shifts in the kitchen. After her younger sisters left, Casey got ready and headed for the dining room, a book of poetry tucked under her arm. She was still puzzling through some of the lines, the sense of them eluding her. The dining room held the usual early morning pixie guards coming off of night duty, kitchen assistants hurrying, maids and valets eating their breakfast, and two hound master apprentices anchoring the table in the corner. Hey, Casey slid next to Finbar and nodded at Farrell. Her identical twin cousins were the same age as Casey and they'd always been close. Almost friends, they just lacked the vow to seal it. Where were you yesterday? Farrell demanded. He stabbed his pastry aggressively. You missed everything. I heard about Caramel's engagement, Casey offered. I wished her congratulations and many happy decades together producing swarms of kids. Well, everyone freaked out, Farrell muttered, tearing a bite off. Ignore him, Finbar interjected. He's just annoyed that other people have the bravery and sense to ask out their lady love. The look Farrell gave his twin was withering. She wondered if he remembered his drunken conversation at the revel where he had admitted to loving Iona, out loud, to someone else. She smirked as she took two pastries, glancing around the room filled further with early morning servants. Hey, where is Iona anyways? I haven't seen her, Finbar replied. Are you going to eat that? Casey shielded her pastries from Finbar's roving fork and started to eat in earnest. Farrell was still in a foul mood, but he was focusing most of it on his oblivious twin, who ate heartily enough for both of them. A sprite nudged Casey in the shoulder. Hey, Cordelia, we need you. Casey turned. I'm Casey. Oh, it was Sebast, who was so fluttered their wings popped out. They hurried away. Why does that always happen with you two? Farrell asked, grinning. Uh, maybe because we're the only two blue-haired of the bunch? Casey guessed. And remember when Faye used to think that Cordelia and I were twins? You look nothing like twins, Finbar scoffed. Relax, Casey replied. I don't think so. The twins were strangely protective about something that they said always bothered them. Anyways, Finbar, she addressed Farrell. Isn't it annoying to be mistaken for each other all the time? I'm Farrell and you know it, he replied. He was right, of course. Casey never mistook them. Others, however, did it all the time. It didn't help that the naming convention was to start all your kids' names with the same letter. But the secret to Farrell and Finbar was that there was a seed-shaped auburn mark in the left side of Finbar's ears, eyes, and that Farrell's ears were a touch longer at the pointy end. Is Cynthia calmed down? Finbar asked. Casey shrugged. I think. You know how she gets. I do. Farrell groaned. Cynthia looked up to him for some reason, which put all sorts of pressure on him from both his mom and Casey's mom. So, how's Meadow? Casey asked, winking at Finbar. Her cousin's latest fling was a sprite in the kitchens with Cordelia. He glanced in that direction. Yeah, good. We're good. Farrell laughed spitefully. They sneak around anywhere with a door. Finbar glared at his twin. <laughs> We don't exactly have a lot of privacy in the palace. You have to take what you can get. He came home covered in straw two nights ago. Finbar sniffed. You're just jealous. 
feral scowled of your many flings. <laughs> well, at least I'm not pining like a cowardly fool. Ignoring the twins as they started literally hissing at each other, Casey dug into her food. She'd be busy today. Finally, she spotted Iona entering the dining room with her brothers. Her brownie friend was dressed for her job as an assistant lady's maid. Her facial fur was combed and parted for the little cap that all the maids wore. Her nose quivered in excitement as she sat next to Farrell, but a careful foot of space between them. Humans often mistook brownies for talking foxes because of the fur and the pointy nose. But Iona's eyes shone with intelligence and love, not mischief and cunning like real foxes. Plus, Iona was at least two feet taller than any talking fox Casey had ever heard of. Have you heard? Iona asked, leaning forward. You'll have to be more specific, Finbar declared, leaning back. Of Caramel's engagement? Yes. Of the next starfall? Yes. No, Iona shook her head. They might bring humans to Underhill. Casey sipped her mushroom tea. She had nothing against humans. They were fine. A little loud and obnoxious sometimes, but she didn't care about them one way or the other. It was terribly difficult for the High Fae to cross over to the New World since, you know, the way was haunted by ghouls and darkness Fae. Only desperate Fae went. Or those who had something to prove. Casey had been twice. Like it'll do us any good. The High Fae always keep humans to themselves, Finbar complained. We barely get to see them. There's going to be three this time. Iona clapped her hands. She found humans and their odd ways fascinating. I mean, it probably helped that humans tended to find brownies and high fae the most interesting. Even the sprite's wings didn't give them an edge over foxy brownies. When? Casey asked. There's a summoning? Iona said. Isn't the library normally involved in those? Ah, Casey now felt dumb. Yeah, Jerry mentioned one. She hadn't even thought to ask what the summoning was for. It's, um, it's going to be after the next revel. Iona nodded hard enough that she checked her cap. A lock of long brown hair sprang free, and Farrell gave it a sideways glance, as if he was trying to visibly keep himself from touching it. Iona tucked it back under, checking that her fur near her hairline was still smoothed down. I heard that Oscar made another deal, Finbar said, chuckling. Another? Feral groaned. Ugh, isn't losing your shadow enough? <laughs> Some fae are just born to be fleeced, Casey said, turning to glance at the sprite in question. Losing your shadow wasn't that big of a deal, but it did make explaining that you were fae during an infestation of ghosts a little bit harder. Everyone knew ghosts didn't have a shadow. If he could deal away his merit height, he probably already would have. Iona said, reaching for another pastry at the same time as Farrell and their hands brushed. They jerked away, and a faint blush rose on Iona's ears. Casey rolled her eyes so hard she thought they might get stuck like it had happened to Lord Hewell a year ago. She poured herself one last cup of mushroom tea and winced as her arms reminded her how sore she was from stupid Lord Gilmore's lesson. Uh, flour and sparkle had to clean up after an orgy yesterday. Iona whispered, glancing at the brownie maids. Finbar leaned forward. Okay, now that's the type of gossip I want. Who? Lady Gita hosted, Iona said, her eyes going distant. Another, Casey murmured. That was the fourth in as many weeks. I mean, she wasn't going to judge another phase needs, but four? 
and as many weeks was a sudden change of behavior for their heir. Lord Brizard, Lady Katrina, Lady Adar, Sir Sawyer, Sir Cal, and mm, Ayana trailed off. I'm forgetting one. Finbar shook his head, eyes gleaming. It's amazing. Just amazing. What is? Farrell asked. They host orgies. We clean them up. They summon humans. We clean them up. They lose their priceless crystals. We find them. Finbar whispered. But who is flighty, unreliable, and prone, prone to flings? He straightened. Us, he snorted. Casey glanced at the sundial over the fireplace, the one that magically replicated with the palace's main sundial in the back meadow recorded. It was dawn now. New moon days always meant a lot of cleanup, while also being alone for most of the day. I mean, she didn't begrudge Jerry his rest, but she did hate being alone with the high fae. A general den of activity indicated the other servants had also noticed the time. Finbar and Farrell left first, talking about a fairy hound who was about to whelp a litter of pups. Iona didn't have to be on duty for another hour, so Casey left with a group of ladies' maids. It was mostly brownies, but one sprite, her name was Sally, whose long, tapered green ears and delicate yellow wings Casey had always admired. They hurried down the hallways together before they began to split off from Casey, but they stopped, concerned. She showed them her twine and twig. The best ways to scare off shadows was with fire. Most fae needed something to catch fire to, and to not stand out, Casey always had the same implements in her pockets. They reluctantly left her at the intersection with other fae hurrying in the same direction. The tunnel's whispers jumped in volume, and she focused on the image of the library's tall doors. A bat flew so low she felt the rush of the wings against her scalp. Shivering, she sped up and then noticed she was completely alone. Her image of the library wavered, and with a gust, something stepped out of an alcove. Someone. Casey took a deep breath before panicking and looked at its feet. No shadow, just a ghost. Not an undead fae, not a monster to feast on her bones. Shivering, she focused hard on the image of the library again, picturing the warm fireplace, the lit lanterns, and the feel of the ledger book under her fingers. The ghostly high fae, dressed in bygone fashions, reached for her as she walked by, and Casey forced herself not to react to the cold brush of the semi-translucent fingers against her shoulders. The ghost moaned in her ear, trailing her for another few feet before reluctantly halting at the next tunnel intersection. Casey took a deep breath and slowed, shuddering. Ghosts were the most annoying features of the tunnels, but if you didn't pay attention to them, they would weaken slowly. She passed a pair of high fae guards, relieved not to be alone again, until they stopped and watched her walk, one of them whispering and then both laughing. She sped up, her cheeks flushing. Some high fae acted like pixies would jump them as soon as look at them. No, she'd been wrong. They were the most annoying feature of the tunnels, not the ghosts. Hey, where you going? There's nothing that direction for you, one of them called. Come back. Hang out with us. Casey turned a corner, her goal at the library throbbing through her chest. Would the fae follow her? She'd been followed too many times to count. The library doors glinted ahead, and she rushed to them with an outstretched hand as disembodied laughter and voices followed her. The doors unclicked at her touch, swinging inward, and she shut them firmly behind her and heard the satisfying lock. Voices rumbled through the wood, but then their footsteps echoed away. 
She turned her attention to the library as it lit candles and lanterns from the vaulted ceiling to the front desk. She needed her heart to stop pounding. Several slow, deep breaths later, she could finally focus on her day. And with a sinking feeling, she saw that it was going to be a very busy day.